Welcome to ADHD Crash Course, the podcast for those of us who have a lot to learn about ADHD, and that includes me. My name is Danae Cannon, and I'm your host. I'm an occupational therapist, a certified coach, a mom of more than one child with ADHD, and I have ADHD. So welcome to the podcast. We're in this together, and let's jump in. Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today, we're going to talk about when not to be an optimist. If you listen to me for a while, you know that shifting our beliefs into something that is realistic, yet a lot more positive and optimistic is important to me. It's important to me personally and the coaching that I do. So when does being an optimist actually jam us up? This is a weird subject. But the funny thing about many of the people that I work with, and myself included, we can often be optimistic when we're planning for the future in these specific situations, and we just don't anticipate anticipate anything going wrong. We don't plan what we actually need. So let me give you a few examples of that. Many of you know that I I deal with working memory issues, that that shortest term memory is really tough for me. And so oftentimes something that I'm wanting to hold in my brain for a short period of time just does not happen. But the tricky thing with working memory is that sometimes it does. And I believe this is why so many of us spend a long time not compensating for this because there's times we remember. And there's times, of course, that we forget And the relative importance of something or how much it matters to us isn't always a factor in whether or not we remember. That's saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. The tricky part with working memory is that you do get different results. (laughs) You know, sometimes you assume you're going to remember the thing, you remember the thing, there's no problem. Sometimes you assume or even know you're going to remember the thing and it doesn't happen. And so rather than just making the broad assumption that, hey, this is not consistent enough for me to rely on it, the fallout is too big, we kind of keep operating expecting that version of ourselves to show up. And what I've found in my life and what I've definitely seen in, in others' lives that I'm working with is that we don't really get control over which memory us shows up. I use this example in one of my courses. If I'm on the lake and I'm on a boat and I step out of the boat, I don't expect that I'm going to walk on the water. I would either have a plan for how I'm going to float, how I'm going to swim, but I wouldn't walk out thinking I'm going to go stroll across the water. But if sometimes I hopped out of the boat and I could, (laughs) I could kind of mosey away, it'd be harder to know when do I wear a life jacket? When do I plan to swim? Because sometimes that would show up for me. And so when I talk about not being optimistic, uh, I'm talking about planning for the version of you that's going to forget. And that may seem like an extra step if sometimes you're remembering, but when I think about this like our insurance, that even though sometimes we very well may show up, we just want to plan for the time that, that we're not. So we're not having all of this riding on us. So we're not having so much at stake every time when we're expecting that we're going to remember. Part of that is just changing the expectation of yourself. Like, hey, I don't know which me is showing up and that's cool. I'm just going to plan for the one that forgets. And part of that is changing the expectation of the people around around you. I've used this example before about how my kids, my husband know at this point, if I'm walking across the room to go do something else, don't tell me what you need me to put on the grocery store list, what you need me to order for your class. Get that sucker in writing if you actually want it to happen. I mean, you can tell me. You can tell me while I'm walking across the room and I could think I'm going to remember it and you can expect me to remember it. But then two weeks later, when you need that book for your class or next week, when you're really hoping that thing was going to be the pantry for your lunch, it's not going to be there. 
and you know we can all be frustrated about that or we can kind of plan for the me that's not remembering it and so that means texting me or writing it down on our grocery list on the refrigerator different systems that we have for supporting my memory and even supporting everyone else's memory that we don't all have to hold that information in our head so that is not being an optimist uh, technically about my working memory skills and that's okay that's a part of planning for the brain that I have. Another thing that we often can be optimistic about is our energy level. You know, we might put things off assuming that we will have the energy to pull an all-nighter or to knock things out at the last minute. And I've noticed this gets harder as I get older. There were times that I could more consistently rely on being able to stay up late, being able to knock things out, that adrenaline of things being late or do really help me be productive. And that was assuming that I had the energy to do that. Now, if I put things off, sometimes I'm just, I can't stay up to complete something that I need to do. And so I can't really rely on that energy showing up, even with a more emergency situation where I've got to get this thing done. That's assuming a lot that I'm going to have that energy when our energy, all of us tends to fluctuate. When I'm working with somebody who has ADHD and a chronic illness that impacts their energy in addition to ADHD, oftentimes that is easier for people to recognize, for us to work with and know that there is a different energy them that's going to show up every day that's really outside of their control. And sometimes with ADHD, I think it takes us longer to get there and to recognize that, that our energy is not always in our control. Now, an aside is that... There are techniques that we can use that can help our energy. I have a free training on my website about sensory strategies. This is kind of my background as an OT. You can use sensory strategies to, to hack your energy and to increase your energy. And so there are things that you can do. I definitely would use that as a tool. If that's interesting to you, sign up. It's free on my website. I've had some great feedback about it and how it's really been helpful as people have applied it. But even with those strategies, right? Like if you just don't have it that day and those strategies might help you bring your energy up, level up to a more functional level, but it doesn't mean you're gonna be able to pull off this all-nighter like maybe you're expecting. And so when we're optimistic about our energy and we, we're not realistic about the fact that some of that's really out of our control and we in that fluctuates probably more with someone with ADHD than it does with a neurotypical brain, that's just something that we work with with our brain types. Planning our day, planning what we need to do with the assumption that we're going to have a lot of energy is oftentimes optimistic in a way that's unrealistic and sets us up for failure. So you want to plan for a more balanced version of your energy, maybe even plan for your low energy. Another way that we are overly optimistic, and this is so, so common for us is time. A lot of times with ADHD, when we're looking at time, we're trying to plan for time. We plan for time that goes seamlessly well. When we're making our plan for how long it's gonna take us, let's say to get out the door in the morning and get to work. We plan for kids that find their shoes, for cell phones that no one has to call in order to locate, that your phone ringer is on, so when they call it, you're able to find it. We plan for zero traffic, zero forgotten homework assignments that we're running back in the house to grab. We plan for things to go about as well as we can imagine them going, and we don't buffer in extra time for all of those things that add up in a significant way. If you're trying to get out the door at 8.30 so you can 
take 30 minutes to drive to work and you've been a complete optimist and you've not buffered in any of those things I just described, you could very well be getting out the door at 8.50. Needing to take 30 minutes to drive to work, for example, in our area, in the Atlanta area, if you leave 20 minutes later, you could have a totally different traffic situation, usually worse when you're dealing with a city's traffic. If you're a little bit later, you could be adding 15 extra minutes or 20 extra minutes to your commute. And so then suddenly you need to be at work at nine, but you're actually rolling in at 9.30 because you were overly optimistic about what that morning would look like, what could get in your way. Another area that we can be unhelpfully optimistic is when we're trying to build a new habit. I've done an episode about habits. And in that episode, I talk about friction and how friction can really prevent us from keeping with our habit, starting our habit um, in a day-to-day way. And so if my plan is to get up and work out and I can't find my running shoes, that extra friction with a brand new habit can be enough to derail you. Now, if you've done that every day for lots of days and weeks and months, then you're kind of grooved in there, that habit, that automaticity, and you're going to keep looking for your shoes potentially. But if I'm just starting that habit and I've not planned for it, what could jam me up and how do I want to plan for that? Well, if, if I'm planning for that, then I'm going to have those shoes next to my bed. I will have thought about kind of that that negative thinking in a way that what will go wrong, what could go wrong. And so even though a lot of what I train my brain to do on a habitual basis is generating the positive, thinking about the possibilities and reworking some of that negative bent that we all have, when it comes to supporting my brain in planning, I often plan for the less optimistic version of how I show up because it's a really much better support to me and it doesn't leave me feeling frustrated that I'm late, don't know why, I can't get this habit going, I just don't do habits, I forgot that thing again, oh I'm so undependable. None of that is true, but that we believe that that's true, we think that's true when we are overly optimistic and don't plan on supporting the brain we have. We're expecting the most reliable version of our brain, of ourselves to show up. And it certainly does show up that way sometimes, but we don't have control over this. We can maximize supports and the things that we know we need for that best version of us to show up. And that can really help us build trust in ourselves and our ability to show up the way we want to in our day. So that's it for today. Yeah, of course, most of what we do, we want to be optimistic. We want to see the possibilities. That's a great part of planning for our future as well. But when it comes to taking our our vision, what we're excited about and applying it in a really practical day-to-day way, we want to plan for what's going to go wrong. We want to plan to support ourselves in every way we can so we maximize our chance of actually meeting the goals that are important to us. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you wanted to check out the free sensory training that's on my website, it's www.theadhdclaritycoach.com. When you sign up there, you are able to enroll in that free class. That class is a part of my group coaching program. It is a part of one week of the eight weeks of the group coaching program that I'm doing Embrace Your Brain. So sensory strategies are one of the three tools that we learn on the week we focus on regulation with ADHD. So if you're interested in the sensory class, if you're interested in the group coaching program Embrace Your Brain, check it out on my website, www.theadhdclaritycoach. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. I would love to answer them. That's all for this week. Have a great week and we'll see you next Tuesday.